नमस्ते एंड वेलकम आई एम जैनील दलाल एंड यू आर लिसनिंग टू द डिजाइन एम बी ए विच इज अ रियल लाइफ एम बी ए फॉर डिजाइनर्स यू विल लर्न हाउ टू लॉन्च अ साइड हसल एंड लेवल अप योर डिजाइन करियर फ्रॉम इंटरव्यूज विद रॉक स्टार डिजाइनर्स टूडेज अमेजिंग गेस्ट इज रैन सिगाव He's one of the most famous designers out there that I don't even know why I'm doing this intro. <laughs> you probably Google his name there's so many things about him. Um I personally used this tool that he created Prospero to actually do some freelance consulting and get some contracts signed. Um but he's also um the person that has made it possible for so many folks to learn Webflow to become a freelancer, right? How to become a successful freelancer. And Ran is the CEO and founder of Flux Academy. So Ran Welcome to the show man. It's such an honor to finally be chatting with you. What's up man? Good to be here. Dude, you have no idea like so many years ago when I was just starting my design journey like your videos and your vlogs were the ones I kind of like was watching and I was like oh my god like hopefully one day I get to meet him and and now it's like many years later that wishes come true. Thank you dude. That's really warms my heart to hear that you know you've been there from the start and it's it's really cool that you've used the tools and and saw the whole journey or at least until where we are today <laughs> so you're now founder ceo of flux academy right so you're kind of like you're a designer still but at the same time you're also like doing the role of the ceo managing the business um and i'm kind of wondering the first question that comes to my mind is kind of like um Where does someone like you in this stage go to to level up? Like I come to you if I want to level up my Webflow skills, I want to be a freelancer, but then where do you go if you want to level up and be the best CEO that can drive the Flux Academy business forward? Um, good question. I'm also asking myself this a lot. Uh, first of all, I I try to read a lot. So I read a lot of books. Uh, I do believe a lot of smart people have went through almost every journey and so we can learn a lot from books so that's one thing um i personally also have been working with a business coach for the past actually 3 4 years and that's been super helpful for me um recently how, just how has actually been helpful how has that been helpful um mm-hmm. f- from actually a, a lot of perspectives uh number 1 it's a person that asks me tough questions and helps me to make less mistakes um and specifically my problem i think a lot of designers and creators have that problem where we enjoy creating and we don't enjoy selling and we don't enjoy maintaining we don't we don't enjoy scaling so it's very natural for us to want to jump right ahead to create the next thing um but that's not how you necessarily build a company and uh, so he helped me stay on track and do a lot of things which i find boring um but they are necessary like putting the infrastructures in place um so that's number 1 specifically the person that i'm working with is also very sales and marketing oriented which is kind of again i am i very much like to create things and give them away for free but that's not how you monetize so having somebody who's helping you to charge and do the selling which is something that you're uh you know averse of or or afraid or don't enjoy so again that's kind of complementary to what i specifically need um yeah so so that's been very helpful how did you find him 
super randomly. How did you know that you need a business coach? I had this, so I've been asking myself the question, like, how do I grow? Who do I learn from? Who is, and also I felt like, I don't know why, but I felt like I need somebody to kick my ass. Um, I think because I've, I've been working alone. So, you know, if, if you were working alone, nobody's going to tell you that you're wrong. So I felt like I need that. Uh, and then I tried, I tried one, it didn't work. I tried one locally here, like I'm based in Israel. So I tried one here locally. So, so somebody, by the way, super famous, working with the best people, got very uh, hot recommendation, working with him for like six months, super expensive. Um, and he was very nice, but it didn't really got me anywhere. Um, and then this other person randomly via Instagram, like I saw him in a story of somebody who, of somebody randomly got to his stories, was really impressed by the stories, reached out to him. Um, he's not based in Israel. So that's been like, uh, over zoom, by the way, I shared an interview with him on my YouTube channel. So you can see him. His name is Rob. Um, so that has been working very well. Um, recently, super recently, like two months ago, I've already also joined um, an organization called EO, which stands for Entrepreneurial Organization, um, which is basically, you know, CEO, founders, creators who get together, they create kind of like forums. It's kind of like what you would call a mastermind, but it's very, very structured. Um, so they put you in a group with eight other business owners. You're all making kind of similar amounts of money. Um, there's like a threshold. You can't join if you're not making a certain, you know, amount of money. So just to make sure that everyone there is around the same level. Uh, so that's been pretty new to me. But again, that's one of those things that I'm doing to answer your question. How do I learn how to be a CEO or run a company or scale a company? Because I'm clueless. So that's one of the things. And this thing, I got a recommendation from another kind of like business owner friend. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to make friends and create relationships with people who are in a similar situation. That's because my most of my network is designers, like people I went to school with and people mm -hmm. who I so most of my network is designers who are either freelancers or working in companies right now. But they're mostly not entrepreneurs because that's not you know, that wasn't my audience, like like my friends, my network, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I'm trying to build this new network of business owners who I can chat with and learn from. And you mentioned you're based in Israel, where, which is one of the most popular tech hubs. And it's very easy to get like caught up in that cycle where everyone in Israel is starting a startup and you've got this product market fit with Flux Academy. Yeah, sure. It's not a billion dollar business, right? Like, but it's, 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 it's like a unique business that's bringing in a lot of cash. So how did you come to peace with it? Like, hey, you know, I know everyone around me is doing this and I know it sounds sexy and cool to start your own company in Israel, but I got to do this unsexy thing of just scaling or focusing more on Flux Academy. Talk to me about that journey. Dude, that's actually, you've hit on a very tough point, which is also one of the things that my coach has been hitting me on the head with. Because I live here, I live in Tel Aviv, which is 
I think after San Francisco and New York is like the most startups per person and like the most VC money. So everybody around here is in startups. Everybody, like everybody's raising millions of dollars. Everybody is like, you know, can pay crazy salaries for their teams. It's like, this is where I live. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, yeah. If you've seen the show Silicon Valley, it's, it's, it's crazy mentality and it's very hard. And it was because I live in that mentality and I have friends who are working there and who are founders of startups and stuff like that. I did, I think for a lot of times, uh, wanted to create like a tech product specifically. I, that's, I think I was going through that phase mm -hmm. with Prosper. I was like, I'm going to have a SaaS business. Um, but I also wanted to do it bootstrap because I've seen how working with investors can sometimes lead you to not focus on actually the product and customers, but just focus on scaling because you need to bring back a billion dollar. So I was, and I still guess I am stuck in that place. Um, so I'm fighting with it. I'm like working through it. It's funny, just like this, the last few weeks been doing kind of like this exercise of trying to, you know, create the vision of what I want the company to be in like 10 years. And I'm like painting this and then I'm telling myself, am I thinking too small? Is this business too small? I need to think bigger. And this whole, you need to think bigger is a mentality and it, it's all the advice that you hear in startup world, right? Think bigger, yeah. uh, do moonshots, all of these kind of things. And I read those books and I hear those people and I see, I see them on Twitter and I see them down the street. So, and, and across the hall, I work in kind of like this, we work type of uh, workspace where everybody around me is mm -hmm. like, that's their mentality. So it's tough to fight against it. Um, also, I do want to do something big and I do want to make a bunch of money. So it's, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah and it's it's challenging because uh when i look at from the outside i see flex academy and if i'm not mistaken it's a now a um, multi-million dollar business or million dollar business um so i and, I and i try to put myself in your shoes and i'm like what does growth look like like is a million dollar enough is maybe making it like a couple more millions is it like scaling it even more um, like how do you even figure out what is the sweet spot where, is it like a lifestyle business? Is it more of like, do I just want to grow it for the hell of it? Like kind of wonder how do you, how do you tackle those questions or is it just more of like talking to yourself and figuring that out? So it's funny because we make more money now, but ironically I made more money you know, when I was, now we're 12 in the team, I made more money when it was just me because, mm -hmm. and we're making more money because everybody's talking oh. about revenue, top line revenue, nobody talks about profit, right? Yes. So people will tend to forget about that. <laughs> and, and so at the end of the day, revenue is a, you know, it's called vanity, vanity metric. Um, it, it can mean you can make a bunch yeah. of money and lose more. So, um, Revenue is vanity and profit is sanity. Exactly. I think that's something exactly. like that I heard. But <laughs> so to me, there, there are two things. I mean, I, 
I want, number one, I have this vision of what I want to create, which is kind of like a modern day online design school. And for that to happen, mm -hmm. we need way more product. We need way more courses. We need to make our courses much better. So there is a lot of work on the product front. And then also, if I really want to achieve that vision, I can't do everything myself. Like I am not the best. I don't know all of these different topics. I'm not the expert on everything. So I need to bring in other experts. And also it's not, a, if I do everything, it's not a real business, right? It's a, it's a very leveraged job, which is oh, not a, it's not a bad thing. And it's a way to make, as I said earlier, more money in the short term but you're locked, right? You can't stop because if you stop, the minute you stop, yeah. it stops. So it's not a real business. Correct. And to build a real business, you need to bring in people and you need to have processes and you need to have management and you need to you know, fire yourself from the business, which is great. You read it in all those books like Built to Sell or you know, the E-Myth and it's, yeah. ah, so sounds pretty funny. Uh, I mean, sounds easy, but then, it takes 10, 15 years to be able to do that, you know, to, to, to find the people, to train them, to build all oh the, God. like, and then, okay, so you bring in a person, what happens if he quits? So now you have to bring people and people who know how to yeah. hire people and people who know how to train the people, and then it becomes a beast. And then the company needs to grow all the time to keep oh feeding God. all of these beasts. So, so if I want to do that, I mean, there's a lot of work to do. So that's how I think about this. I think, I think I can, you know, if we're talking about money, I think I can be rich. If the businesses stay small, I can get rich. And I think I can get rich if the business gets mm -hmm. big. It's pretty much the same. But the question is, I guess, number one, are you locked to the business? And then when you leave the business, the business dies. Uh, or what can you achieve as a one person, you know, thing, um, which is always more limited and you're always, you won't be able to create something truly great because you're very limited uh, in what you can do. So those are kind of like the questions that I asked myself and I decided I want to go through the, I want to give, give it a try to build the bigger thing, the bigger company. And yet for now, I also chose to do it bootstrap, meaning, you know, I can say, oh, I'm going all in, I'm going to win, let's raise a bunch of money. And I can do this and I see people around me doing it, but right now I don't feel like I want to do it. I might do it at some point, but not if I can avoid it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And you're talking about all these processes and I mean, it's kind of like this thing where like, there's so much fun in creating something like, Oh, let me create a new product. Let me create this new template. Let me create this video. And it sounds fun. And when you talk about like, Oh, I got to have all these processes in place. What if someone quits? I got to have someone take care of this part, tell them what to do. It doesn't sound sexy. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm saying. Cause I, I see it all the time. I'm talking to people. We're like, I'm going to create a, a, an online course. I'm like, great. What, yes. what happens if you succeed? Do you want me to tell you what happens if you succeed? Oh, 
you're going to be stuck answering customer support tickets, producing invoices for the wrong address and some refunds, and then answering questions, and then, you know, having to market the shit out of it. So you'll be doing campaigns, you'll be writing emails, mm -hmm. you'll be setting up email automations, you'll be doing funnels, all these things. That's not why you signed up to do a course, right? You don't care about this. This is not exciting. Yeah. That's going to be your life now. So it's like, be careful what you wish for. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's if you succeed. And that's if you succeed, right? If you don't succeed, oh, you just build it and nothing I know, happens. That's also very slick. <laughs> Do you ever wish that you had like a co-founder or a partner in crime with this? I mean, I know you, you started the whole movement, like, you know, Flux Academy and stuff, but like, like, for example, you're friends with MDS and a lot of these folks are like, have you ever thought like, oh, what if like I had two, three people that we just started out together with and then we kind of like shared the burden together? So first of all, before, like before doing Flux Academy, I had another venture, which was called the New School, which then um, pivoted into Prospero. So when I started that business, I had two partners. So we were three partners in that. Um, so I had the experience of working with partners and it's amazing. It's super, super fun. If it's people that you get mm -hmm. along with and you have a good um, you know, split of responsibilities, that's amazing. I would love to have that. And I'm trying in a way to recreate that. So I've hired uh, now kind of like a COO to basically manage the business because I also realized I'm not a manager. I don't enjoy uh, managing people. That's also one of those things. Okay, I'll hire people. Oh, now you have to manage them. Now they'll call you up and tell you I'm sick or I want to raise or my computer broke down, what should I do? So I don't enjoy managing people. So uh, I brought in this person who is also, uh, a good friend of mine from like the military service, like tons of years ago. So we're, we're good friends. Um, and I brought him on and I gave him equity to try to create a feeling of partnerships. Now at this point, because this is already a business that's making money and it's, he's not there from mm -hmm. the beginning. It's not, it can never be like a 50, 50 equal partners because this is not the situation anymore, but he's still correct. I'm still trying to create, to give him equity, to feel like he's a partner and, and yeah, create this feeling of partnership mm -hmm. between us. Um, Cause yeah, it's very hard to do it on your own. And I'm kind of curious there, like you bring in the CEO, right? And then right now, my understanding of this is it's still a bootstrap business, meaning like the main, there's no funding raised. So pretty much it's kind of like almost like a rev share model. Like, hey, if you bring in this much money, whoever has this much equity, they, they, they get that. Um, so it's almost like, unlike the startup world, where you say that, oh, I got 0.01% equity in Airbnb, or I got this much percent equity in the startup, like 30% or 10%. Here, it's pretty much more of like, equity here means like how much of the ref share you get. Would that be a fair way to say that? Not exactly. Uh, so the, there is two parts to the compensation. One is equity, and equity is... Mm -hmm. Equity is uh, ownership in a company. So you can say, mm -hmm. if the company has profits and the prof and the company decides to do uh, dividend distribution, if he has X amount of shares, he's going to get X amount of dividends. But 
because you know I am the let's say chairman of the board, I can decide also to never do dividends and just give myself a bonus. I mean, you know, so it's yes. not so because of that there's two kind of like structures to the to the compensation. One is equity and the sec which is ownership if we ever sell the company or something or if we do dividends, he's getting his share. But also there is kind of like a, a performance bonus uh, compensation built into the contract, which is if we get to X amount of revenue or X amount of profit, you're getting X amount out of that. So it's both kind of like rev share and equity together. So I, I think most startups just have the equity, oh. but don't have the rev share. We have both. That is insane. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. And I also noticed that you're trying to bring in more folks in, like you collaborated with Ben Eisen. And, you know, you, you said that you need more courses, more people to come and help out. And as designers and creatives, most of the designers are very, um, they like to explore new itches or new creative itches. So you might find a creative, you're like, oh my God, I want to partner with this creative or I want to bring them on board Flux Academy. But you also realistically know that having being a creative or being a creative that they don't want to be the employee model. Like they might just come in collaborators. How do you deal with that? Are you just bringing them, do some freelance together, joint venture, and then they do their thing? Or is it like you would like for them to be an employee with you? Uh, I would love for them to be an employee of, of mine, but that's not very... And also, I'm not 100% sure... I would love them to be an employee of mine because in my particular business, it's also good that they keep on working and they have like practical expertise, like relevant expertise as still working professionals. So that's also good. But in general, yeah, the, the, the best model is kind of like a rev share model where they can do this project and then they get to get to have like passive income, which is a term that I hate, but they... Mm -hmm actually don't have to do anything else. We we are the ones who are promoting it and so forth. But to be honest, at so far, we haven't really done that. Um, right now, we're kicking off like the first course in this model. Previously, because I was making all the courses, right? Um, but now we're going to start working with external yes. creators on courses specifically. Um, with Ben, we also had a... <laughs> We, it's funny with Ben, we also had like a rev share model. The only thing is there was no revenue to share. So it's like, <laughs> we both failed, but, um, yeah, but I think that's the only model that, uh, that works. And I can see that because see, you've put in so much effort in the early phases, building this platform, the distribution platform, right? Like that's one of the things that my opinion is that there's a lot of creatives out there that could make a really good course given guidance from you. But what they don't like or don't have both or don't want to do as well is build a distribution channel. And what and you have and support that <laughs> yeah. distribution channel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you take a significant cut of it and then they come teach their thing and it's like a joint venture. And I'm like, oh my God, like this, this makes perfect sense. Yeah, by me. the way, this model is really not new. This, is, this has been going on on the internet for like, 15 and, and in the publishing world forever right um yeah so the model is not new but it makes sense 
I think with the design MBA, I think my main thing was like, I didn't want to go to like Stanford business school. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start a podcast and connect with people and learn from them. And my goal in life is to be a super connector, like, and figure out how can I be of service to you? So like, I'm talking to you, I'm making mental notes, like, okay, these are the struggles and challenges Rand is facing. And what can I do um, to be of service there? Like, maybe I can even move the needle in your goals, even by like small amount, right? Like just small amount. To me, that's a success in my books. Um, I may not be able to move your needle by 50%, 20%, but whatever I can do to help out, that's the way um, I look at these things. And then just like you, I love reading books. And then, but there's also this part, like you're like 10, 20, 100 steps ahead of me. So what I believe is that- I don't think if, we're playing the same game, by the way. Yes. Or maybe, but maybe not. I, yes. to, from what you're saying, I, I, I don't think we're necessarily playing the same game. Correct. And my thing is more of I like- I mean, there is maybe I, that, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're counting by the game of, let's say, making money. But even in that, there are you know, different sub-games. Sub Correct. So I look at it as like, it's just data points. So even if I never play the same game as you, or if I were to play the, that game or some kind of similar game, the data points and the mental models I learned from our conversation today will never go to waste. So that's, I mean, obviously I have to do the real work and real life experience, but this is pretty much the way I look at life is more of like, you learn from doing, but if there's other people who have done it before you in a similar way, not exactly the same path you want, it's, it doesn't hurt to get some of their learnings. So. Definitely. I'm a big believer. <laughs> I kind of, um, I kind of wonder like at some point, like, you know, you mentioned like you want to play the big game and stuff. Um, and then you're like, you know, I just don't want to do this solo anymore. Cause I mean, you could have technically just kept going solo and stretch it as much as possible. Maybe you may not hit the top line revenue as much as you do now, but you probably wouldn't have to deal with all this processes, hassles, managing people. Do you ever wish like, what if I just went back to that? Or is it like you definitely wanted to make the bigger move and play the bigger odds, which is why you pivoted to like, let's hire a team of folks. And I think you said you have 12 people now. I am sometimes, uh, I don't think I ever wish to go back. Sometimes it's just scary because now the financial risk is bigger. Um, How? because when, when I was on my own, there was a lot of margin. So the mm -hmm. only difference between a good month and a bad month would be how much money would I make now? The difference between making money and losing a lot of money, uh, is very real. So now, you know, the mistakes are way more costly. So sometimes that you know gets me stressed out but i don't actually i don't know i don't miss the days where i was on my own i really enjoy working with with other people and with the people on my team i'm i'm really having a blast also on the plus side i feel like sure when you're working alone the margins are much higher but if you stop the whole business stop like meaning like <laughs> you are the only person driving yeah. everything, doing growth, doing sales, growing customer support, growing, teaching the courses. 
But now yeah. I feel like if but your kids super, are like to, that, to be super super fan, to be super super fair, right now also I can't go anywhere. <laughs> like, oh, uh, I, I mean, and I don't, and I don't suspect I'll, I'll I'll be able to leave. You know, in at least three to five years. So it's not like oh I have a team that's okay. Um, actually, you know, two two years ago or three years ago, you know, before COVID, I was like, I'm going to Thailand with my family. I'll let me just put the business yes. on hold for three weeks and I'll come back. Now, yeah, and it was okay. So I won't upload videos to YouTube for three weeks, and you know, I'll come back. Uh, now, if I'm away for three weeks. I have all these people I'm paying to, and if they have a question and they're not sure how to move forward, they're stuck, and you know they can't move forward. So it's like I'm wasting their time. I'm wasting the money. I'm so it's actually more. Again, not not necessarily stressful, but I've in the process of trying to reduce stress from me or reduce the workload or responsibility from me. I've actually you know, went through the, the, the phase, I'm in the phase right now where there is actually more responsibility on me. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can, we can get out of the other side. But if you decide to go again to Thailand with your family, right? Your kids are like, daddy, let's go on vacation. Which I, I've already My decided, assumption... I'm just not, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't the CEO <laughs> answer all these questions when you're gone? Like, I'm, I'm just... Assuming, or or maybe I'm not right in that assumption, or there's still some things that, that you have to answer it, and you can't just be pulled away like that for three weeks. No, because he is he is a manager. He can take care of the people, and that's his role. He can see that the projects move out on time, but he is not the professional content creator. He can't say, well, this video is good enough to go on our channel. This video is not good enough. This is, uh, you oh. know, we should work on this project next. So... That still requires my, I still fill in the role of, you know, creative director and maybe head of product or whatever, all of these different roles and, you know, review the, the copy in the email marketing or all of these things where, um, yeah, I, I still have to do it for now. How do you become free from that? Like, like even free from that part where you can just go to three weeks, not even touch your computer and just enjoy it with their family. Is that even a reality or maybe not at this moment as you're scaling up? Yeah. And to be fair, I did, I did, I did took a multiple one week vacation. Even just last quarter, I took two one week vacation where I had zero, like a few weeks ago, I was one week on a boat without a laptop or anything or like, so I can, but it's just, like, for example, it's just three weeks in a row is more problematic right now. Uh, one week Got it. every now and then is doable. Um, and definitely in the future, definitely it's going to happen. It's just how, training of people. How can, you know, creatives who've kind of started a course, had some success, and they're thinking of, um, scaling up and want your advice or want to get in touch with you, maybe for collaboration, maybe getting advice, how can they best get in touch with you? Everybody can send a DM on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter, email, you know, yeah, forever. Awesome. I would say Brand, though, just, want to say, <laughs> just uh -huh, go ahead. Yeah. 
I wanted to say, again, be, be careful what you wish for. I think if you've had some success <laughs> with something, no, it's just maybe 100, 200K per year is amazing. And maybe you don't really need more than that. You, you really need to ask yourself that question. Maybe you do. That's, and that's fair. I'm not judging. I know I want more, but I'm just saying don't have to do it because the internet says or, you know, whatever. Or because Rand is Scale is not always. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you're watching other people. I mean, you get to decide your own game. Like, what, what game are you playing? So That is really deep. That is really deep. <laughs> Rand. Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. Dude, it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. If you made it this far, you are what I call a Design MBA super fan. And I've got a gift for you, my super fan. Head over to designmba.show where you will find my email address. Email me one thing you learned from this podcast episode, and I will get on a 30-minute call with you and help you in your career goals. See you in the next episode.